Welcome to Entheo Nation, where we feature visionaries who are pioneering the cutting edge of awakening. Psychedelic science, modern shamanism, neuroscience, new paradigm lifestyles. Get ready to harness the power of visionary states and forge reality into your wildest dreams. Visionaries, this is Lorna Liana, host of the Entheonation podcast, where we feature visionaries who are pioneering the cutting edge of awakening through their work with visionary medicines and expanded states of consciousness. I want to share with you a lifestyle design breakthrough I had with the help of some magic mushroom chocolates. For those of you who are just discovering this show, I've been a digital nomad for the past six years. I started my nomadic lifestyle in 2012 after selling off almost everything that I owned. And this was actually my first step towards a goal that I'd been actively working towards during my seven years in corporate America, figuring out how I could make money online so that I could become a digital nomad and spend long stretches of time in Brazil with the indigenous tribes drinking ayahuasca. I always knew that my nomad lifestyle would not be a lifestyle of perpetual travel to different countries. After 15 years in California, the place that made me the adult that I am today, I felt that it was time to go on a slow journey around the world to find my new home. And the world is such a vast and fascinating place. I dropped into different locales for extended stretches of time, a minimum of one month. This included Bali, Thailand, Mexico, Brazil, Hawaii, Costa Rica, California, and Spain. Now, when the world is your oyster, and the only thing that really prevents you from being anywhere is absence of internet, figuring out where in the world I could go next, that process was starting to get a little bit neurotic for me. I would find myself mentally flipping through all the places that piqued my interest like a Rolodex, almost obsessively, and not really coming to a final decision. It was a little bit stressful, actually. And I was also getting weary of the nomad lifestyle. It's really tiring to have to change countries when your tourist visa runs out after three months. It's also hard to make deep, lasting friendships, let alone find someone to date for the long term. None of the places that I dropped into really felt like it. And I was starting to wonder if it was me if I was unable to find satisfaction in any one place and that I'd be forever wandering the world until I could heal some inner source of dissatisfaction. I landed for a few months at my friend's pot farm where I lived in a cabin in the woods. A friend of mine that I knew from my previous life turned me onto a three-day ecstatic dance style camp out on private land, and so I went. The facilitators gave us basic orientation on the schedule, layout of the premises, and event rules and guidelines. Then they offered us magic mushroom chocolates or liquid LSD. Volunteer guardians, in case anyone needed emotional support, were identified. 
They opened the event with a ritual and intention setting. The facilitators were clearly professionals who were seasoned at throwing safe, juicy parties. During that night, as I danced around in full body bliss, I started to get location neurotic again. Where do I go? Where do I go now? Where do I go? Then I felt another consciousness nudge its way into my mind. A fungal consciousness, who said to me, Lorna, instead of obsessing over all the places you could be, why not choose the place where you are best supported to do the work that you're meant to do in life by the people around you? Bam. And all of a sudden, my choices became very clear and very easy. So at this moment, I'm being wonderfully supported and loved up by Kopangan Island and her juicy tantric shamanic community this winter. And in spring, I return to my new home of Ibiza, Spain. Now, I share this story with you as an example of the life-changing guidance you can receive when you work with sacred medicines, if you're open to listening. And not just any visionary medicines, but the plant teachers and sacred children or niños santos. You might have noticed that if you take visionary medicines that were made in a lab, while they may open up your consciousness to your higher self and to direct divine experience with the universe, you may notice that there isn't this presence of a loving teacher that you might experience with the sacred plant teachers. And so this brings us to our topic of the day, contemporary experiential mushroom shamanism. But before we hop into this fascinating conversation with my guest, Shauna Holm, I do want to ask you for a favor. In order to keep this podcast going, we're reaching out for the support of our tribe and inviting you to become a patron of Entheonation on Patreon. We put a lot of heart, soul, and research into the creation of our content, and this costs a lot of time, energy, and money. You know, it's interesting. I actually get angry emails from people on my email list when we send out affiliate offers or promote my online course, Spiritual Evolution with Sacred Plant Medicines. Somehow these people expect spiritual content to be quote-unquote free, and that I and my production team should somehow work for free as well. Running this platform is a full-time job for three people, and my production staff is paid for this. I am not. I sustain myself through my work doing online business coaching, which also means that I'm working the equivalent of two jobs. Furthermore, this is a podcast about psychedelics, and because of that, there aren't a lot of corporate sponsors. Even though a lot of our content is about shamanism and spirituality, just the association with illegal psychedelic drugs freaks people and potential sponsors out. For example, there are prominent shamanism teachers who will not speak on my shamanism summit because we have other speakers discussing ayahuasca or iboga. So that's why Entheonation really needs the support of visionary patrons who care about the information we share and recognizes how it can transform lives. Visionaries who want to be a part of a movement and play an active role in the psychedelic renaissance. Plus, we have mind-expanding rewards available to our patrons, so check them out by going to patreon.com slash entheonation. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash entheonation. Don't forget to stick around for some medicine music for the soul. Episode show notes can be found at entheonation.com slash 29. Are you ready to join the evolution? Sign up for our newsletter and receive our free guide to navigating visionary states, along with eight email lessons on how you can harness the power of your sacred visions. 
As a VIP member of Entheo Nation, you'll receive invitations to join life-transforming retreats and mind-expanding programs. Just go to entheonation.com slash iTunes to join the tribe and receive your free gifts today. I'm so happy to bring to you today a repeat guest of the Entheonation podcast. Her name is Shauna Holm, and she is a mushroom medicine woman and voice of the nature spirits. Her work delves into the deep layers of the soul in an effort to call up the hidden wisdom and ancestral magic that lies dormant in every man and woman. Her poetic transmissions from the nature realms endeavor to break the spell of forgetting and call us back to our true nature. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lorna. Thanks for having me. So I would love for you to share with us your uh, very intriguing story about how you became a healer and a shamanic practitioner who works with visionary mushrooms. Okay. Well, that happened about five years ago. And I have been a voracious student of the mystery, shall we say, for now going on probably 14 years. And so about five years ago, I, I felt very called to work with plant medicine. And I first tried the ayahuasca and I sat in ceremony with two very good women shamans. And I did that. I did ayahuasca. I worked with it a few times, but it came to me that this is not your medicine. It just, I just felt that very strongly. And the mushroom was really calling me. <laughs> so funny to think back now, because little did I know. But in any case, so I contacted uh, an old friend of mine who lives in the woods and works very reverently with these medicines. So in other words, I knew I could trust him. We were friends. And he is in his own right, quite a shaman. And so I, my first experience with the mushrooms was out in the middle of the Pacific Northwest rainforest, the mossy forest at night, lying down in the dark, a la Terrence McKenna. And that was a very profound experience. The earth spoke to me, which I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. I sure wasn't expecting that. And by the way, I should say we also did, I did five grams, dried grams, a la Terrence McKenna. And so that experience. (laughs) Is that a lot? it's an awful lot. And it's actually too much for most people, especially starting out. And I don't really actually agree with Terrence that it's necessary either. It, you know, this is such an individual. What piece. is a normal and serving for a normal serving? <laughs> Whatever normal means to you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I tell people if they ask, just try one dried gram. Just start with that. You can always do more. And, and then, of course, make sure you're in a, a very safe and beautiful place where you can just let yourself go into an experience. And of course, the more you take, the more intensified the experience, the deeper you will go. That's absolutely true. And let's remember that there is no formal training in our Western culture for this. These substances show up and they get abused, and they get profaned. And so the ancients who did work with these substances in their many forms were often very highly trained for this kind of thing, and they were working with adepts. And so, you know, we don't have that kind of preparation here. So there is, I think, a level of of caution that needs to be exercised, Mm -hmm. because 
I mean, I, I take this very seriously. These are very powerful, profound substances, and they have the ability to confer incredible healing. And you can also get yourself in trouble with them, you know, if you don't create the right set and setting, or if someone has maybe a psychosis, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot to consider. In other words, I don't take this lightly here. Okay. So you got going back to that moment, five grams, you know, in on a mossy ground, you know, in nature in the yeah. dark. All right. So then what happened? All right. So the earth spoke and I, I had a, a very powerful healing experience there. And I wrote about this in my book, Love and Spirit Medicine, which is available on Amazon. And it is the only book out there at this point written by a woman that details these mushroom experiences. What happened was I ended up getting called back there again the following month. I, I had to go back and experience it again because what I realized was this is a portal. That's what this is. This is a portal into other realms and I want to go through that portal again. I want to experience this. And so I went back out to the forest and I worked with the medicine again in the same way. And what happened then was nature intelligences were, were coming into me as if they wanted to experience this body and I was experiencing them. And they would come in to temporarily possess me, if you will, and, and then leave. And then another one would come in and another and another. And by the way, I will say, we did ceremony. I did ceremony around this. I protected this space. And I have had a history long before I worked with the, the mushroom of talking to spirits and also having spirits come in through me. Well, particularly those of people who've lost their loved ones. So their loved one would come in and impart a message. So I had a proclivity for mediumship, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so then I ended up going back the following month and the following month. And so it ended up being 12 months, really, of monthly deep immersions into the medicine. And looking back, I see, ah, that was a kind of soul training. And there was no shaman to guide me. I apprenticed myself to the mushroom. I still apprentice myself to my, my teachers are the trees, mm -hmm. the mushroom teachers, the nature spirits. Those are my teachers. And then the, the ancients, you know, what, what, what I can sort of glean from their wisdom as well. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to know, because you had uh, referenced, uh, you know, ancient cultures. And so what do you know about the history of sacred mushrooms in ritual and healing? Because I, I believe that, you know, the, the mushrooms were used widely in Mesoamerica. So I'm curious to know about the history and whether any of these indigenous practices actually influence your current work. Okay, the, the mushroom has been used. Of course, we know the Maya used mushroom, the Aztecs used the mushroom. And there is a shaman named Rosita Arvigo in Belize, and she talks about the priestesses of Ishel, and they were on the island of, of I think, Cozumel. And th this, this area was dedicated to Ishel, and there was a huge statue of her, and a priestess would go in the statue and become the oracle. And, and so there was no mention of mushrooms, of course, but I, I, I bet you any money that these women were working because, you know, this was a very natural thing, right? I mean, you would work with mushrooms. And so she would be the Oracle of Ishel and bring through the deity. And, and then we have the priestesses of the Mediterranean temples like Delphi and Dodona. And th that was a very shamanic order of women and eventually men as well when the Apollonian priesthood uh, showed up, but they would imbibe, 
a substance, an entheogenic substance, and go into high trance state and bring through the deity of the temple and then prophecy. And, and Delphi was around for, gosh, 1100 years at least. So they had to be doing something right. In other words, in order to, you know, if they were just bringing through nonsense, they would have shut that place down. There's no, no question. And then we have my people, the Celts. And I don't know anything about their use of mushroom. I do know that the mushrooms grow all over Europe. And so they, they are available. They've been available there for a long time. I know the Celts were way into mead, their mead. And there were other herbs as well that they would imbibe that would take them into high states. There's no question. And, and also, of course, you would see an order like the Druids. And I'm not saying the Druids did mushrooms because we don't know very much about them at all. But they were very deeply learned people in, uh, and they really studied nature. And, and, and had a lot of understanding of magic and also were very oracular. Are you a spiritual seeker intrigued by the insight, healing, and transformation that visionary medicines offer? Do you feel called to work with sacred plant medicines but don't know how to begin, let alone where to find a qualified shaman? Or perhaps you might have had a life-changing experience at an ayahuasca retreat center in Peru and are confused about how to integrate all your cosmic downloads with your day-to-day life back home. And what would really help with that journey is the support of a community of people who work with visionary medicines on a regular basis. If this sounds like you, check out Spiritual Evolution with Sacred Plant Medicines, an online program designed to help you receive the highest transformation. Just go to entheonation.com spiritual to view the course curriculum and receive a special 10% discount just for being a podcast listener. Simply apply the coupon code ENTHEO10, that's E-N-T-H-E-O-10, to redeem your 10% discount today. I had an experience with Madinia Julieta, one of the uh, 13 indigenous grandmothers. And she yeah. is from, uh, she's a, a mushroom medicine woman from the Mazatec tribe. So that was my one experience of working with visionary mushrooms in an in indigenous context. And it's really kind of interesting because, you know, one thing that I found uh, fascinating about the way that she held the ceremony was that, you know, most of the prayers that she was reciting, or actually pretty much all, all the prayers that she was reciting were Christian focused. So it was, it was fascinating because there were, you know, she, she would chant prayers in her language and a lot of the prayers were in Spanish. And then a lot of the prayers were calling, you know, Jesus, Mary, you know, the, the paternal father and all of that. And so it really kind of made me, uh, it made me re- realize, first of all, that, okay, like the culture of working with these visionary medicines is constantly changing because, okay, like Julieta is a, you know, born in a generation after, you know, 500 years of colonialization and Christianization. So the culture of working with the magic mushrooms in Mexico has evolved to include a lot of Christianity, even though the roots themselves may have been, you know, uh, involved their own spirits and deities. And so I bring this up because I want to ask you about this concept of neo-shamanism. So I have been seeing a lot of discussion online and, uh, you know, recently as well, you know, criticized 
criticizing, you know, neo-shamanism. And it was, it's, it's interesting because the, the criticizing of the neo-shamanism that, you know, was part of a conversation that I was in came from somebody that the indigenous people of Brazil that I recently, you know, spent time with down in at the World Ayahuasca Conference in, um, in Acre in Rio Branco, they, they would consider that guy who's criticizing neo-shamans a neo-shaman. So I'm curious to know about what your thoughts are on neo-shamanism and whether, and about working with indigenous medicines outside the indigenous context. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, I, I have to say none of these plants come with a user's manual. They don't come with a, a, a piece of paper that says, notice this belongs here. That said, of course, there are medicines that are associated with certain cultural groups, of course, like ayahuasca, like peyote. And I would say also that medicine was here long before maybe those people were even here. It's just that th those people showed up whenever they did. And, 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 you know, all of us, my people included, European people, were very, very close to nature at one time. And we're all indigenous people. And I think that particularly with white European people right now, our roots, our culture was stolen from us, was squelched so long ago. And yet we are human beings and human beings are expressions of nature. We are natural expressions. And so it follows that, of course, we would, many of us, be called to work with the mystical and plants will provide that. And so, you know, I think there are a lot of people both within indigenous cultures and within uh, Western culture who are shamanizing and making a mess and they have no integrity. And there are other numbers of people within what we would call indigenous cultures and within Western culture who are quote unquote shamanizing and doing beautiful work beautiful, much needed work. So that's my two cents. How do you discern between the out of integrity, the, the, you know, what, what is out of integrity, uh, especially if it's a non-traditional form of the work that they're doing? And what do you see as signs that the person working with uh, shamanic medicines and visionary medicines is an in integrity? Can you help us understand so that we can discern better? Sure. Okay. Well, reputation usually follows a person. So if we have, you know, a man who takes advantage of women in medicine mm -hmm. ceremony, mm -hmm. that's pretty straightforward. Yep. There are also people who, well, I know there's a woman in Australia who was known for conducting mushroom ceremonies and there'd be like 30 or 40 people in those ceremonies. And I think one of those ceremonies went sideways and she got arrested. And so, you know, like, I mean, that I would question as well. Just like that sounds a little extreme to me. And, and also uh, ego in, in terms of, yeah, well, you know, when you see people, they're arrogant. They're not necessarily kind to, to people, you know, that, that to me, I don't, I, I don't appreciate that lack of compassion, that kind of thing. And so, you know, for myself, I look for someone who also is not afraid to make themselves vulnerable and mm -hmm. to expose their own flaws and foibles, you know, because we all have them. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, someone who is personable and accessible, 
you know, and who, who feels honest and, and sincere. Mm -hmm. I look for since, or I would suggest look for sincerity. My goodness. Simplicity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Simplicity too. Sincerity, simplicity was when you said that I thought about uh, one of the most uh, authentic old school, like, you know, eighth or ninth lineage ayahuasca shaman who is just um, amazing. And you would never know because he looks like a poor indigenous campesino. Mm. And he doesn't mm. walk around with his big feather headdress and these big tiger, you know, this big, like, you know, jaguar necklace. You wouldn't even notice him, you know, walking around in the street or, you know, yeah, but he's like, seriously, like, you know, powerful, old school, deeply, you know, just, yeah, if you experience him on an, in an different dimension, it's like perceiving Quetzalcoatl, but you would never know in his human form. And so when I, when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't need the, you know, the trappings to show how powerful you are. No, they're they're props. I just think of them as props. I mean, I have lots of feathers because I'm an owl medicine woman and owl is the medicine of the seer. But And they're beautiful and they come to me and they're props, you know? I mean, everything I have is in here and, and in, in here, the heart. <laughs> so I'd love to hear about, you know, how the mushroom journeys have informed your work as a shamanic therapist and teacher. All right. Well, okay. So when you work with these medicines... If you are lucky, I would say, you can encounter tutelary spirits, teaching spirits. And so that happened to me from the first few journeys and then continued on. And then I continued to cultivate relationship with those beings. And so the mushroom also changes your brain somewhat, I think, and, and, and it kind of can't not. And so it has definitely deepened my intuition, my inner eye, and these, and also, shall we say, the, you could call it the, the channel, the pathway to these other realms or intelligences. When you tr travel that a path in the forest enough, it becomes easier to walk, easier and easier, doesn't it? Because there's more people traveling that pathway and, you know, and so that has happened in the interiorly with me. So it has absolutely, gosh, deepened my one-on-one -on -one work with people because I am a therapist. And so I work with people, you know, on a consistent basis, but it's far deeper than talk therapy in that this woman is reading and listening beneath and between the words that they are speaking and they're telling a story, but I'm going into the far deeper layers of the story because I'm hearing that as metaphor. And so I want to go into the origination point, shall we say, of the wounding. Let's go there and let's explore that and let's see how it's served, right? So it's this whole different perspective as the mushroom has done for me. And so I can bring that now to the people who I work with. So you speak of being a seer in the work that you do. So what does it mean to be a seer exactly? It is about, I would say, seeing through the construct, starting to see, see the construct for what it is. It's interesting. I would liken that and, and this doesn't happen to everyone because I have talked to, you know, people who do psychedelics and I'm like, are you sure you've done mushrooms or are you sure? <laughs> like, really? Because you're dead asleep. But, you know, you, you do that enough times or not enough times, but whatever. You have a very powerful experience, something that so shakes 
the constructs of your own foundation, that when you come out of that, you cannot see the construct or the regular world, shall we say, the same way ever again. And other people who experience that, we could say, would be like soldiers who leave and they go to war and they have an extreme experience or experiences and they come back and they will never see this world the same way as they once did. Or someone who I spoke with a, a very wise man who was set up and sent to federal prison. And when he got out after two years, he said it was like seeing the world for the first time, like through crystal clear eyes. And he could see, my God, the prison is here. The prison is this modern world that these people are living in, and they don't even realize it. And so through deep, deep, profound, intense mushroom journeys, that has opened my eyes to that as well. And so, so yes, I can. <laughs> and, and a seer is, there is a, there is a saying, don't shoot the messenger, right? Because seers don't always see what people want to know, right? And so when I talk about owl medicine, I say that owls see in the dark. It's about seeing in the darkness. It's about seeing what others can't and seeing what others won't see. So there's the seership or the, the medicine of the owl, I say, is, can be a bit of a wet blanket at times. But it's necessary because you cannot break a bad habit until you can see what it is you are doing. And then you can take the steps to, to shift that. So that comes in. I think that is of utmost importance when you are working with people in a therapeutic way. Because people get stuck in patterns and they are not even aware that they're in the pattern. And we could get very caught up in their story and want to commiserate and be there with them. But that is, we have to take that step back and see what is going on here in the deeper layers. That's just the surface story. So that is the, the role of a seer is to see what others can't see, to see what others are missing. Do you think there is a place for medicine women in today's world? Absolutely, there is. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Medicine woman is, I would say, desperately needed in today's world. The medicine woman was an intrinsic part of every traditional culture from European to Mediterranean to Latin American, African, you know, the woman had her medicine. And we have been really seduced over the last century into this very material, industrial, and now technological system. And this system says, oh, don't listen to the grandmothers. Don't listen. No, 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 no. We've got it all here. We have these institutions, you know, that we've created. They'll tell you what to do. Our medicine will tell you, you know, what to do for your body. We'll tell you what to eat. We'll tell you everything <laughs> and uh, and I often think, my goodness, it's, it's like the opposite of what is wise and true. So the the wise woman or medicine woman is desperately needed now because what the system has to offer doesn't really work for the most part. It really doesn't. And so we need to return to wisdom and also the, the foods that sustained us as well. And that was long the domain of, the, of women, and that was our divine right to feed our families in the way that we knew would, would sustain them and strengthen them and make our children healthy and fertile and happy. 
And so all of that needs to come back in a big way. It is coming back slowly, slowly, but we, we need more of this here. People are sick and they're depressed and they're anxious and they're sad, you know. I mean, that's one thing I really notice in modern culture is a real lack of joy in people, you know. And so that's something else that the ancestral wisdom is in touch with also is joy, truly, truly, because you're connected with nature to the natural rhythms, which we all once were. And, and we ignore those natural rhythms at our peril. Mm-hmm. So how can we work with visionary mushrooms to wake the hell up? To wake the hell up? Uh, well, <laughs> I will preface that uh, the answer to this first of all by saying working with mushrooms or ayahuasca or any of these visionary medicines is just one way. And it's not for everybody. It's mm-hmm. absolutely not. But for those who feel called... I would, I would highly recommend you take yourself out into nature, into a place of, of, of beauty, a natural beauty. There is a frequency there that is very different than the electronic frequency inside your house or apartment or whatever. And take yourself there in a safe place, obviously. And if you need a sitter, you bring a sitter and, and do that, I think, at night lying down you know, by a tree or, or just do a little bit even during the day in a beautiful place, be by a tree and just let that, the spirit of that place quicken you. And, and, and that is deeply shifting and bring maybe a journal if you're sort of coherent enough where you can write something down. Or I also like to bring a digital recorder. I do that every time now because different things will come up, different insights that, you know, you can't always keep track of. And then to be able to go over that afterwards, you know, there, there can be a tremendous amount of wisdom there that can shift you dramatically. Hey there, visionary. We really need your help. Entheonation is on a mission to raise public awareness of the therapeutic potential of psychedelics and visionary plant medicines. We do this by creating consciousness-raising content, which we give to the public for free. And this costs money. That's why I'm asking you to play an active part in the psychedelic renaissance by supporting Entheonation on Patreon. Your patronage allows us to create more podcasts, interview more experts, research and write in-depth articles, produce videos, and offer unique educational products for visionaries just like you. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash entheonation. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash entheonation and browse our mind-expanding rewards and choose your monthly pledge. Take a stand for cognitive liberty and spiritual freedom by becoming an entheonation patron today. So we're coming to the end of our session here, and I wanted to just conclude by asking you a little bit more about the communications that you've had with the spirits that you are in uh, contact with, the uh, nature intelligences that you communicate with. I would, I'm curious to know what do you think their most pressing message is at this time for us? And is there any message that you would like to share with the audience specifically? Yes, I would say the most pressing message is to get back to the natural cycles and honor nature. I have not been, I've never written poetry until I started working with the mushroom. And after that year, poetic transmissions would come in and they speak in rhyme. And when I 
am on the medicine. And when they're speaking through me, I speak in rhyme. And I want to quote something by Barbara Tedlock, PhD, who wrote The Woman in the Shaman's Body. And she wrote that shamans are seers, oracles, and oral poets, and their artistic language creates a healing path for their patients. And so I live in the spirit of those words. And so I will share this. This is a poem, takes a few minutes. This came to me after spending time in the stone circles in Scotland, where I was in September. And so I call this stone circle whispers because I connected with the, 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 the beings in, in those places. The great stones that make circles round, strategically placed upon the ground. Beneath the ground, the circuitry of Earth's magnetics you can't see. Then there is the geometry within the stones, again unseen. The math creates a frequency, a vortex that will help you see. A layering of energies found too in sacred groves of trees. The stones, like trees, are quite a lie, programmed by wise folk who did strive to create earthly libraries for those seeking the mysteries. And in these circles are vibrations that are felt within your nation, designed to raise your frequency and open your third eye to see, a kind of prehistoric phone, so that you'll know you're not alone, for these designs will blow the mind. The architects of these great finds gained access to colleges in the stars, from which which they were given special powers. These architects knew someday the hour of ignorance would thoroughly scour the earth whose good folk would be slaves, subject to false leaders depraved. Long past unwritten history, initiates of the mystery could see far flung of what's to come, the voices of the cycles sung. And so preparing for the fall, great stones were placed in ways that call, inviting folk to stand within a circle round where they begin to understand technologies designed to open eyes to see these great stones hold the energy that long was placed by wise ones we the shining ones you call the she the knowledge here will set you free allow us to take up your time with this very simple rhyme we are an electric current flowing throughout time and space when you activate in circles you can take us any place for those great circles were designed to activate us in your mind. Initiate stood in circle center, calling in the ancient mentors. If you've prepared with heart, mind ready, if you stand there tall and steady, if you're humble and receptive, we can give you your directive. You can tap your ancient lifetimes. We provide a kind of lifeline here for folk at any time, a pilgrimage to realign and speak with ancestors divine. The great stones may look old and battered. We will say it doesn't matter. Set in stone we once did cast these places hold the knowledge vast. To those who come with right intention, we'll apprise them of inventions. They will work within their minds and bring them forth at certain times. And we think you would all agree that at this time in history, the secret knowledge these stones hold must be made active by the bold who come to us from all directions, standing in those bold erections, called to visit wise ones tall and break the spell that they are small. Many of you have come before, initiates old, knew what's in store. 
as earth now stands before the door, a perilous time that you are in. How great the ignorance and the sin, as shameless leaders create spin that tricks the masses, sucks them in. You good-hearted ones who weep for all the folk who are asleep, you are a living bridge of grace. We look with pride upon your face. Find a circle, sacred place, that when you see it makes heart race. Worry not if you can't get there, we are here to make you aware. The metaphor of circles divine concerns the power of your mind, whose faculties were overtaken by outside interests. Those forsaken ones who think they run this place, well, we are here to change the pace. Now let's get back to your great minds that hold a hidden wand divine. The time is now to learn to use this wand within that they've abused. Your thinking habits must be changed, your neural networks rearranged. It's time to call the knowledge back and access secrets old. This is a task that you can hack. Rise to the moment bold. In the center of your chest, there sits a cauldron hot. Technology once placed in you that you have not been taught quite how to use effectively and even, we'd say, magically, combined with mind that has been cleared and then effectively it's steered. The correct weaving of these tools creates a kind of inner battery. In this way, you're no longer fools and prey to the false flattery of what the constructs of your day persuade you all to be. Instead, you'll find your own design that sets your good soul free. This wondrous treasure you contain turns on your DNA. And in a kind of fast forward, your ignorance you'll slay. The body vessel that you're in is really like a ship. It has for long been programmed one way. We're about to flip that program on its head and activate the codes within. But you must be on board for this in order that you win the prize of gold, the knowledge old of which you will remember is found within that great cauldron beneath which burns the embers that cast the light you hold within and runs that great ship that you steer. But that great light's become quite dim. Your enemy is fear. We seek to cast a spell here now through this delivered rhyme. We say to those who've waited long that you are in the time of cosmic forces opening and shining ones with their great wings will call you from your slumbering. To clear your mind of misperceptions, we will point to the direction you must look for the inception, bringing you a point of view that you will recognize as true. The cauldron stoked by your heart's light, magician's pyre that you must ignite. Feel in your heart center palpably the presence of something you cannot see, but rather feel it presently and magnify it expertly. Be aware of this cauldron throughout the day that provides the medium for the fae to undermine the spells of deception. We offer you a vast injection that enables you to feel the might of the beauty you hold, your true birthright. Combine the feel of cauldron in heart with the power of mind that helps you start creating in ways that summon light, that cast out the darkness of this night. For in your mind there lies the grail, whose power it is time to hail. Let go the stories you've outgrown that keep you chained to a false home. Whatever you have thought to date, it's time for you to clear the slate and still yourself to feel, feel the beat stoked by that magic cauldron's heat. Create a vision in your mind. Call back to you ancestors kind who'll help you fuel that ship you're in, who'll give you knowledge to begin to steer yourselves to waters calm where you'll become the healing bomb that soothes the troubled among your folk. And by example, you will stoke their fire within so they can see that within them lives the mystery. This place within will set you free. It is with inner eyes you'll see.
The veils are parting wide now, dears. We're in the time prophesied by the seers when communication will exceed what imagination can conceive and you will know yourselves once again. Earth's people will once more be sane. And so know this to be your truth. Seek out our wisdom like a sleuth. We're found within that cauldron bright. We're here to help you end this night. Wow. <laughs> that came through. That's incredible. I felt These, that so yeah. deep inside. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it comes through in the way I'm speaking now. Just comes, pours through. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's also a lot like the uh, the medicine songs that come through ayahuasca. They come through in a very similar way. Just the the melody, the songs, the words, the the rhyme. Just you know, in so, in some cases, people receive them entirely as a complete work. So it's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. To conclude our session, I'd like to ask you how people can best uh, stay in touch with you, Shauna. Well, I have a website, shaunahome.com, S-H-O-N-A-G-H-H-O-M-E.com, and that lists courses, and you can book sessions with me, and yeah, please contact me. I make myself very accessible. Awesome. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for that amazingly beautiful transmission and for the work that you do in the world. Thank you, Laura, very much. Beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Take care. I am totally intrigued by the practice of mediumship with sacred plant medicines, and it's something that I have on my timeline to explore more deeply, most likely with the ayahuasca tradition of Umbandaime. It's fascinating to see mediums incorporating spirits, speaking, dancing, offering blessings and purifications in a spiritual trance state. But I think the key takeaway from this discussion for me is that every one of us can cultivate a relationship with the Nino Santos, the sacred children, as the Mazatecs call the magic mushrooms, if we are open to what they have to tell us. And through them, we can access a diverse world of spiritual allies whose guidance we can lean on in times of confusion and need. We are going to end this episode with some medicine music for the soul from Shaman's Dream. This track is called Water Spirits, and it's from the album Four Elements. You can find a link to their Bandcamp page in the episode show notes at entheonation.com slash 29. Do you have medicine music for the soul that you want to share with me? If you are a professional musician and creator of medicine-inspired music or down-tempo electronica you can trip to, feel free to share with me your music and you may be featured in the Entheonation podcast. Your song or track should be professionally produced and no more than 15 minutes long. All you need to do is email a link to your Bandcamp song to lorna at entheonation.com. Include a direct download link to a high-quality recording of the song so that we can mix it into the episode. We'll let you know if you will be featured. Thanks for joining us this episode, and I'll see you next time.